0: This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm your host, Stephen Henderson. And a little later in the show, we're going to replay a portion of my conversation with Stephen McGee about the beauty here in the city of Detroit. But first this week, Detroit musician and the subject of the Oscar winning documentary Sugarman, Sixto Rodriguez passed away at age 81. Early during my start here at WDET, Sixto happened to walk into the station unannounced, as he would often do. And that led to an impromptu interview that is one of my most memorable experiences as a host here on Detroit Today. Here is that 2015 Conversation. Well, I've got a very pleasant surprise this morning. I did not know when I agreed to come work here at WDET that such famous people uh, would stop by the studio unannounced. So I'm very glad to say that I have Sixto Rodriguez, uh, the subject Stephen of Henderson. the- Stephen Henderson, good yeah. to be here.
1: Thank you very, <laughs> very right. much for y- taking my call. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: I, anytime, seriously. <laughs> uh, of course, you were the subject of the 2013 documentary, yes. Searching for Sugar sure, Man, yes. uh, which won the- uh, Oscar uh, for Best Long Form Documentary. Yes, um, uh, Wonderful film. Uh, really, I felt, got got a sense not just of you, but also of this city that uh, you are from and that you love uh, Malik, from the film. Malik Benjeloo is the director of that
1: film and he did an excellent job. And of course, he got that award. And, and rest in peace, he passed last year. Right, that's right. And so yeah, I didn't know all the details of that passing, but he was certainly a talented and from Sweden, yes. Yeah, right, and, yes.
0: right. Uh, I have always thought that there is a, a real connection between your music and the city. And that's not surprising because you're from here and you yes. live here. But, but talk to me about Born how man. how the city inspires you uh, and how that comes out through through your music. Well, I think it, I think environment
1: certainly shapes a lot of them. And Detroit has a lot of musicians and music sure. stores at the time. And so I think it was just a, such a commotion, two million people here in the city. I, I was born and bred in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I was born at 831 Michigan, so it's pretty close to downtown there. Right. And so, yeah, I, I didn't come here on a boat or a ship. And uh, I'm Mexican. My mother and father are both Mexican, so... Yeah, I feel very close to the city and it's shaped me in that way. And, uh, and it's, but I do want to fast forward to, sure. you've got to get a passport, yeah. <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> right. So I'm not saying anything like, you know, but Detroit is, is certainly a magnificent city. We're 1701, a French heritage there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes.
0: Yeah. And what parts of the city do you feel like inspire you the most uh, in your music?
1: Well, um,
0: I'm, I, I describe myself as urban
1: as opposed to rural. You know, I, I'm comfortable in cities, buildings. I kind of know where things are at. Where In, in the rural area, there's no lights. <laughs> no uh-huh. thank you, you know. <laughs> right. So I'm, I, I describe myself as urban. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so Detroit has uh, all those things that, uh, it, um, you know, that amenities of a city. You uh-huh. know, you can change a different direction in a few blocks and a different... You know, different. You'd be in a different scene, you know. So,
0: and and how has the city changed for you over time? Uh, you've been here a long, a long time and yeah. seen very many different Detroits. I feel like. Yes, thank uh, you. I, I'm a solid seventy-two,
1: and I always like to refer to my age because of the, <laughs> yeah, because you know.
0: Uh, and so
1: I talk from a grandpa st- stance. <laughs> right, you know? right,
0: Yeah, and the thing is, yes. I, I want to talk about uh, some of the themes that I, that have struck me the most from your music. Um, uh, it seems to me that, that very often your songs are about internal struggle uh, as much as they are about uh, uh, something that's put on – you from from the outside, and there's there's a lyric of yours that, that oh. is one of my favorites that I wanted to, to read to you and, and have you talk to me about. Um, it's from the it's from the song "Crucify Your Mind." Okay, he says, uh, "Were you tortured by your own thirst ah. in those pleasures that you seek that made you Tom the Curri- Curious, Jeez. that makes you James, James, the, James Week. the Weak?" Yes. I have always really loved uh, that lyric, and and that does point to some sort of internal struggle. Oh, well, I guess it's a personal
1: revolution, you know what I mean, in that sense. Of, yeah. But I consider myself a writer, and so to use, uh, and English uh, is my second language. We spoke Spanish at the beginning and, uh-huh. and so forth. But really, I I think the, uh, the ability to, to enlarge one's vocabulary and, uh, and, and explore that writing sense of, of it, that it, it releases you by coming across a riff, a vocal riff or uh-huh. a... Or a, a musical riff, and so like that, and it's rele- it releases you from at least thinking about that too much. But yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Crucify mine, yeah. It's a, and it's a short piece, yeah. and, and so yeah, it does it? And it's kind of biblical sense sounding. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I use those kind of elements when I write, you know, I draw in those uh,
0: kinds of things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, do you start with the words? Or do you start uh, in with some the music? cases?
1: Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm a self-taught musician, so there's a lot of hope out there for people, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. And really, I encourage young young bloods, I call them, uh, to to involve themselves in the arts, and the culture, and and education.
0: Uh, how involved are you in the in the local music scene at this point?
1: Well, I know musicians, and I'm sure they've met me, some of them. And yeah. the thing is, yeah, I have 14 bands about in, around the globe. <laughs> right. So we go through a lot of personnel, but they're all wonderful talents, and I, I enjoy playing with
0: oh, them. Who in Detroit uh, are you
1: oh, inspired by now? oh one, oh well, one I do want to mention, of course, is a, a figure. Uh, everybody knows about him, and he's... Uh, uh, Dennis Coffey, he's uh-huh. a guitarist, yeah, and he's so good, and he's such a classy guy too. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean, Mr. Henderson? Sure. You know, he's he's got that kind of ability, and plus plays very well. You yeah. Know? So yeah, yeah. So that's one of my favorite, and Jimmy Reed, I love Jimmy Reed, and and the current stuff too.
0: Uh-huh. I'm talking with Sixto Rodriguez, who was the subject of a 2013 documentary, "Searching for Sugar Man." And also a Detroit native. Um, I'm wondering um, what do you what makes you happy or hopeful about Detroit right now, and what makes you sad about about this place. Oh,
1: geez, I I, I went through these risks before, you know. I I at least love Detroit, and then I like Detroit. Now I understand Detroit, and so I you know I think this, uh, uh, well hope is eternal, you know. I hope it gets better and like that. But the issues are still currently that are out there. Are, pretty much the issues that were in the 70s. Sure. Jobs, jobs, jobs. You know, uh, if you look at the placards of those times, women's rights, there's still the voters uh, issue, you know, uh, now they're making it more difficult to... But like that. So I do involve myself in these kinds of issues, but I... I do have some things in the music happening for me, and through the music, I kind of am able to, you know, speak on those subjects.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you very much for sir. being here. Drop by anytime. Oh, geez, <laughs> I'm we'll a walking. You know, yeah, But right. thank you, sir. This is Detroit today on 101.9 WDET. Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you're with us. Detroit is so many things to so many people. And the thing that runs through my head just constantly when I'm here is how much it has changed, especially over the last 30 years. There have been a lot of ups and downs. And if you drive through the city, if you drive through places that you think of as familiar, you're always seeing something different right now, I think. Uh, From the neighborhood where I was born, on the near west side, near Livernois and Grand River, to areas downtown, on the east side, northwest, it's a really different place than it used to be. Stephen McGee is someone who understands this really well. He has been around the city for the last 18 years, and over that time, he's watched the city change as well. He's a longtime filmmaker and photographer in our city, and I guarantee you probably have seen his images from time to time. I love, for instance, when I'm watching Lions football or Tigers baseball on a network, and they have a cutaway to a commercial, and they show – Uh, A picture or a scene from the city, often they're pictures that I know Stephen took. He's been writing recently about all of the things that have been changing in Detroit as he's been taking pictures and shooting film. Literally millions of images, thousands of hours of film. And he recently published an article about some of his work in Our Magazine. I'm really excited to have Stephen in studio to talk about all of the different frames that he has seen of Detroit and how they have changed over time. Stephen McGee, welcome to
2: Detroit Today. It's honestly completely an honor to be here, uh, to be in front of this audience and to talk to um, a city that we all love so much. So thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I should also note that uh, Stephen and I met a long time ago and. We were both working for the Detroit Free Press, uh, but we were also neighbors for a while in downtown Detroit. So we've known each other for uh, a long time. I'm really looking forward uh, to this conversation. So let's go back to the beginning, though, Stephen. You moved to the city in 2005. What attracted you here, and what did you expect to find
2: through your lenses? Yeah, it was 2005. I had just traveled the world for a few nonprofit groups often to places that had some of the most important ruins that some of the most important societies uh ever have made you know like the coliseum the pyramids the parthenon you know then over to cambodia to angkor wat and in those experiences i also saw people um living amongst those and then also for nonprofit groups i worked in places like rwanda and uganda in Angola, in these societies that had incredible um, recent history that I could have just looked at, but saw something so deep with the people. And so coming back to California from these amazing experiences, I just kind of questioned what my purpose was. You know, honestly, I lived through some pretty intense scenarios. Like I was almost killed in Uganda, you know, all these... You know, when you're working in, in in challenging areas, it's it's pretty intense. And so, the next day, Detroit called. The Detroit Free Press was like, "Hey, do you want to move out and help start our video department?" So, Sight Unseen in 2005, I was like, "Yes, completely." You know, and and people during that time, if I was, you know, I was like, "I'm going to move to Detroit," and literally, they would take a step back and be like, "Why?" <laughs> you know, I mean, you remember that time? I do. You I know? do. I remember when I came home. In
0: 2007, from from uh, Baltimore and Washington, everybody I told were, that I was leaving and where I was going asked why. They, they,
2: they literally said, your career will die if you go back to Detroit. I think that's kind of what drew me closer to my first day here. You know, that kind of idea of underrepresented stories wasn't really a, a coined phrase back mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. You know, but something that I had just seen around the world with beautiful people drew me to be like, well, that makes me just want to go there more. If everybody is telling me, like, don't go there, I'm like, that's... I want to see the people there. You know, 2007 to 2009, I was... I had just left the Detroit Free Press after winning two national Emmys with an incredible team led by Nancy Andrews and... um, I remember those days. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and Kathy Kalaszewski. I mean, like, these people... The photographers, the late David Gilkey, you know, all these people knew the city so well and I was able to work with them and, and that leadership allowed those awards. Um, but then after that, I resigned and I, I I was in the streets daily with my camera and I ended up only making like nine thousand dollars a year uh, for three years in a row. And my mortgage was twelve thousand dollars. And so I was just in the streets, like trying to find these stories. And I came across, you know, Kali Sweeney from the downtown or from the Detroit boxing mm-hmm. gym. And I just showed up, and you know that I didn't know where that footage was going, um, but I felt like the strength of him was a good representation of the strength of the people, and uh, and what I didn't see when I got the request from the from the major m- media and the major um, players around the world who wanted stories here that I've worked for was a desire to connect the. Um, the black population, the city is a black city, yeah. the black population with the beauty here. And I think that's something that was reciprocated through an interview I did with Marsha Music. Mm. Um, if you don't know her, get into that work yeah. real yeah. quick. Um, and she and I were talking for this Hour Magazine piece, which took me literally 400 hours to write because I'm not a writer. But it's, you know, when the story's inside of you, when you, when you, it's like, it's not a passion project, right? <laughs> it's like, it's part of, part of who you are. Um, when you find that, then you have to find the words to, 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 to cast that vision. So talking to Marsha and this association and almost a disassociation between the beautiful book tower and the beautiful buildings here and the springtime, the disassociation actually Maybe it's direct or indirect, but it hasn't been associated with the black population here. And and that's the core of my work. Yeah. And it's not because I'm trying to do that. It's just that's what's happening, you know, and so it's been a, that's been a that's lot what's my, unfolding in, in front of us. Well, I think it's, I, you know, it's what is what's unfolding in front of us. It's it's important. It's nationally important. It's internationally important just because, you know, I think with the hour magazine piece and in general in my life's work. The narrative that Detroit was great, died in 1967 with the uprising and is back again. From the inside of the city to the, you know, from every level that I've worked at, people are 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 not believing that narrative. And so trying to get ways to talk about that into the popular culture mm-hmm. is what kind of my hour magazine piece was about. You know, I started off by saying like Detroit is the... Paris of the 20s, the Berlin of the 80s, the San Francisco of the 60s. But to me, it's even more, you know, and this black welcoming city is on the cusp of leading the world once again. And in many ways, it already is. And I, I mean that, right? You know, and I think that kind of actually looking at beyond just the past 60 years and saying with the great migration, like that's we're building on strong black neighborhoods that have been building... Uh, ecosystem of content or of, of ecosystem of of trust of commerce of of life of music you know like bryce detroit says like there's things here that you might not see that are happening yeah. that that you know that you where can feel
0: and, you, it, and totally you, you feel it by interacting with us by interacting with detroiters yeah uh, and and there isn't another way it's not
2: another way to tell that story and I feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert in, in talking about this, but every day I try and learn more and more about just, you know, like conversation with Martian Music or fame from Livernois Avenue of Fashion or Yvette Rock, you know, these people that like I've known for more than 10 years and, you know, I, I kind of I'm like, am like, is how I'm talking about this, you know, can it be informed in a different way so that I can speak about it correctly?
0: Detroit Today is produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan, And our student producer is Mira Kumar. Detroit Today's music is created by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Today podcast.